Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back. Old school. Jay Foreman, Nate, Nate Brennan are here with the old school sponsored by the Mercado 84th and Havelock certified Piedmontese and their special ingredients and butcher shop. Uh, good appetizer menu, entree menu, menu, and the dessert menu is really good because I love their uh, strawberry sorbet. So, uh, it, and it's, I always say, Nate, it's a, it's a, it's a classy place, but you don't have to put on sport coat, suit and tie. You know, business casual is always good. Good atmosphere, uh, good open space, and good lines in the, uh, you know, the building. So it's a it's a good place for any occasion. So in Mercado, we appreciate their support, and hopefully we live up to expectations. So we're in our last hour of the old school. Uh, Nate, one thing I w- wanted to get on is uh, just the state of uh, Nebraska's program. One thing that kind of is weird to me is that uh, you know, ever since obviously Scott was let go. You heard every name underneath the sun from Vince Lombardi being resurrected, resurrected, Urban Meyer, so forth and so on. You know, I think it's 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 kind of become Nebraska's way to always kind of turn the page too quick. Maybe not appreciate what, you know, obviously look at Bo Pelini, what he did here and, you know, Frank Solich, so forth and so on. And look for the next best thing that's going to be sellable. And I, I always caution people of learn from your you know, past, you know, successes and mistakes. Don't look at what's sellable, what the popular choice is. Get the best choice for Nebraska. And and you have to come to terms with who we are, where we're at, and that you have to win, not have to win, but Nebraska, is a, it's a lot different. It's no different than LSU. I mean, if you talk to Mickey, Bill Bush, or anybody that's been down to LSU, I know a lot of players uh, that's played down there um, and played with a lot of players. I mean, excuse me, that played down there. It's a lot different how you go about stuff. It's a different type of athletic department. It's a different type of uh, media and pressure down there. It's no different here. And you got to find the right guy that's going to embrace it, um, really try to develop uh, in-state talent, really recruit the in-state talent um, well, and then also take the Nebraska brand uh, nationwide. And, uh, you know, you know, one thing I will say this is you don't – I remember this when – Lou Holtz left Minnesota when I was, when I was a kid and they, you know, they got the Gophers, you know, decent and, you know, Notre Dame came calling and he left in the middle of the night and people were just up in arms. And then uh, we had Gutekunst, uh, who actually son is, I think is the uh, Packers GM. And then they, you know, got Jim Wacker and he came from, I think TCU and, and his big thing was he was just going to recruit Texas guys, you know, and what, what, sometimes happens is yeah you can get a guy from texas right but you know being the fourth or fifth guy at a position or you know fourth or fifth choice at at a position from texas is sometimes worse than you know developing a home home uh, talent so we have to make sure that the, that it's an honest evaluator and developer of 
uh, in-state and 500-mile radius, you know, talent, and then go from there. And uh, a lot of teams do it. Obviously, we're, you know, we don't have the depths upon depths of, say, like a Alabama, Texas, California, as far as players or the number of people in the state of Nebraska. But as you as we've seen, um, you know, through some some work of local, you know, seven-on-seven seven, uh, coaches like Steve Warren, Abdul Muhammad, um, where in and I think they have a battle. I don't know who coaches them where they've given a lot of these kids exposure. You know, we got Malachi Coleman's uh, decision coming up pretty soon. I think on the 22nd, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, you got, so that's exposure for not only the state of Nebraska, but the University of Nebraska, hopefully. So, you know, I, I, I think that the next decision has to be the right decision and has to be done with the right intentions, right? Not to sell tickets, um, you know, not to please people that don't, don't have anything to do with making football decisions. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you're going to have to call people to task. Are you really supporting the program or are you supporting your agenda? Right. And that's just the way it is. I mean, ultimately, um, you know, as long as a winner's here, nobody's really going to care because, uh, you know, what's funny is I'm out east, dealing, you know, taking care of some family business. I'm walking through the airport. Now, mind you, Saturday morning and mind you, you know, Nate, I had the after game show to about two o'clock in the morning. I had to get up at, you know, three thirty five to catch an early flight walking like a zombie through through Charlotte airport and two guys stopped me and was like, it was really good to see Nebraska finally pull out a game <laughs> last night. Yeah. And, I like, and I was like, yeah, I wanted to hug them. I was so tired, <laughs> but you know, that just lets you know that people still tune in and watch Nebraska. So, um, you know, I think it's a great opportunity. I want to get what you, what, what your thought is as a, you know, Virginia Tech alum, you kind of went through this after Beeman retired. Now you kind of, you know, you went through the Fuente thing, who was kind of the, you know, the it, you know, offensive coordinator. Um, now you got a new coach now. I want to know what your perspective is and your opinion is on um, transitioning, but then also making sure you make the right hire. Because, you know, Nebraska is kind of like Virginia Tech. Mm -hmm. You got to have somebody that's going to welcome being in Blacksburg. Because it's not Vegas. It's not, you know, L.A. It's not Dallas. It's a place that you have to be okay with being – um in a fishbowl because everybody's going to know you and you're going to be highly accessible uh but the pressure is there to win yeah i think you said it perfectly jay it's like everyone wants the home run hire everyone has an opinion everyone wants to throw out names but you look at virginia tech i think that's a perfect example is that they got the home run hire they got justin fuente that was the guy that was at the top of everyone's list and, and virginia tech was fortunate enough to get him and i think it comes full circle in the sense that he strayed away from recruiting the state of Virginia. And when you look at Beamer and when you look at the success of Virginia Tech, especially that 1999 team that went to the national championship, half of those kids were from the state of Virginia. That That's how you're successful. And, and when you get this home run hire guy that doesn't get the culture, that doesn't get the atmosphere, that doesn't get the fan base, I think that's when you run into problems. So I think when you look closely at Mickey Joseph – and you look at this mold, if you look at Nebraska and you look at the program and how it was shaped and what made them successful, you can throw out all these names. And at the end of the day, if it's not a good fit, if he doesn't get along with the fan base, if he doesn't understand what Nebraska is trying to do, what it's like to, to be a part of the community in Lincoln, Nebraska, it's not going to work out. And I think that's the one thing that a lot of fans, too, I think more specifically now – Fans are getting behind Mickey Joseph. Like fans now more than ever, I think, are on the same page that maybe he's not the guy, but damn it, like he's doing something right. 
he's putting his name at the top of the priority list. When, when, when Trev Alberts is looking at the name of names of candidates and when he's going through the process of, of talking to donors, talking to the higher-ups, talking to people that make these decisions, we're at the point now that Mickey Joseph should and will be at the top of that list. Like, he, he is a right. guy, like you said, he gets it. Like, he's been a part of this program. He's one of those guys that you can throw into a recruit's house, have him talk to parents and say, you know what, when you're sending my kid to Lincoln, Nebraska, you're going to have top-quality education and you're going to have a coach that cares. Because at the end of the day, like you said, like, the pitch now is not what it was in the 90s. It wasn't you come to Lincoln, Nebraska, and you're going to be competing for a national championship every day. No, it's right. you're going to grow – and you're going to become a better person, and you have a guy at the top that is going to take care of you. And I think Mickey Joseph is proving that, and I think that's something that we can build off of moving forward. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you can't, if, if, you know, you almost lose credibility if you go into, you know, if you came into Chuck Foreman's house and, and, and being, you know, the coming off three and nine, talking about you're going to play for a national championship uh, next year, I think he would probably, <laughs> he'd probably, you know, usher you to the, fr- the front door, you know, as fast as you came in. So, you know, I think it's one of those things that, uh, you know, not only are you going to come here and get a good education and support from the fans, alumni, and in and, and, and life after football, but you also have a tremendous opportunity to create your own path. And I think as uh, players and athletes, that's what you should want. You know, if you come in, work hard, uh, play well, then it's all there. And, you know, yeah, you could talk about playing early, but you don't really have to, you know, uh, sit on the sidelines like and have the potential then i grant i was blessed to have an opportunity to you know to compete and and start as a redshirt freshman but it was not the it was not forecasted for me to to to, uh to be out there like like i was trust me uh you know i was able to take advantage of some opportunities and and then the rest is history but for these guys that are in high school whether or high school or uh you know transfer portal juco or wherever they come from I mean, Nebraska could be their playground, and there's some great players that played here uh, during some, you know, high-winning times that weren't afforded the opportunity that these kids are going to have very early in their career. Now, does that mean you want to be out there with 22 freshmen and, and transfer portal guys? No, but if you're a guy that that can that can play, um, by no by no means are you going to have to sit there and wait behind, you know, an All-American and potential, you know, All-Conference and just kind of wait your time and and be. Uh, you know, you know, only a one year starter after you, you know, kind of, you know, waited four years where, you know, if you really put in the work in the weight room and get in your, in your playbook, you can, you know, be on the field within the first two years, obviously, if everything, you know, st- you know, stays on the up and up. So um, I think the selling points are for Nebraska is a lot, uh, you know, easier if you, you know, approach it right. And, you know, as far as Mickey Joseph, you know, I think the sense that um, when you talk to him or when I've talked to him, not even about football, you know, you look, he's a straight shooter. Um, he has the energy, he loves the coach um, and he's willing to listen, you know, uh, when you talk to him and he's, and he's also willing to learn. He's asked questions. You know what I mean? I mean, he, look, he's, he played at Nebraska before I did and he was a su- successful quarterback. And, um, and so he knows what it's take. He had to take, he had to wait his turn. And then, you know, he, you know, had the, the unfortunate injury um, that, you know, kind of hurt his career, but then also he's able to work his way up and the things that he knows that's been successful. I think that's what's helped him, you know, become a coach and be a successful coach and, and not be afraid to take on hard opportunities and look them, you know, dead in the eye. That's something you learned from Coach Osborne and Coach McBride, you know, very early, the, the willingness to compete, the willingness to put yourself out there, but then also the willingness to make sure that the, the, 
relationships are, are nurtured, you know, from an organic uh, standpoint. And, you know, whether it's Trey Palmer following, following him from Louisiana up to Nebraska or other players believing in him, Casey Thompson's dad said they trusted him. And, you know, you build that trust by being honest with people and, and, and keeping it straight. Now, you will you like the message sometimes? No. I mean, I think Casey Thompson said that, you know, like he told Mickey, I didn't want to come out the game, you know, against Indiana. But Mickey told him why, and, and you know, and they're just moving on together. That's just part of being a leader of a – I mean, he's like a leader of a family, and it's mm-hmm. multitude of, of, of personalities and, and, and players and situations you got to deal with. So – whether it's him or anybody else, you get, that's what you got to do it from the top. You're no longer, I mean, it's hard for you to kind of be, uh, you know, you got to be a CEO. You got to be a people person. It's a people business. And a lot of it is how you treat people. You know, he's, he's worked his tail off to get into places that Nebraska hadn't been able to get to in, you know, a few years like Bellevue West and, and Omaha and kind of, you know, create that buzz around here. And, you know, he has a, you know, um, a good relationship with Malachi Coleman here, luck, you know, here in Lincoln. You know, a four-star, you know, recruit, you know, that's mm-hmm. everybody under the sun seemed like is offering every, you know, every other week. So for him to do that and not spread himself too thin, then, you know, develop receivers and push receivers and coach everybody the same is, is more than commendable. And it's letting you know, um, you know, yeah, obviously it shows the last two weeks Nebraska's in good hands. And I think, you, you know, as a coach, you got to be, you know, willing to face adversity. How you how you face adversity generally is kind of your team emulates. And, it, and I always say I, I was very fortunate to come in as a young player and see guys do it right the right way. What Dante Jones, Dwayne Harris, Jared Tomich, you know, uh, Troy Dumas, Clint Brown, um, Phil Ellis, Doug Coleman. I got to see him, Ed Stewart. I got to see them come come and, and put in work every single day. And so what I was able to do is emulate what I've seen before. And what, what they were able to emulate is guys before them. But the defense emulated kind of Coach McBride, right? Mm-hmm. And then the team emulated along with other coaches was Coach Osborne and, and Solich and all those guys, so so forth and so on. So, you know, that's what you got to do, and that's what any good team does. And then the team, you know, the players tend to uh, lead and develop the team. And so, um, you know, I think right now it's it's it, Nebraska's in a good situation. You can't worry about what's going to happen, you know, I'm assuming in, you know, November, December. The, bet, the most thing or what everybody needs to worry about is what's going to happen Saturday night in West Lafayette. And uh, – you know, go in there, prepare for anything and prepare for their best shot. You know, they got a lot on the line. They're trying to, you know, position themselves to be better at the end of the season. We're trying to do so, you know, as well. Um, we're trying to exceed expectations. They're trying to live up to expectations. So the game should be chippy. Um, I would be preparing my team to to go in for a dogfight. I mean, this is not – this game should not be for the faint of heart. This game should be as physical as, as, as can be, as nasty as can be, prepared that you might get your butt kicked, you know, so a couple of times, but we're going to get up and we're going to keep answering the bell and we got to be the last team standing at the end of the, at the end of the day, both physically and by points on the scoreboard. And uh, you do that by pushing yourself during the week and, you know, and, and being motivated by, you know, things that are truly important to you. So whatever that is, you know, uh, coach Mickey and those guys have got to push those buttons and guys got to push their own buttons. And so, you know, this is what you come to Nebraska for. Um, if you, I mean, if you come to Nebraska to, you know, play the North Dakotas and Georgia Southerns, man. I mean, you're a long way off. That's where you should probably be. If you're, you're, you need to come to Nebraska to go to, you know, the Purdue's and, and, and exceed expectations to go and, and beat teams that have been highly ranked and, and, and teams that, you know, where teams aren't respecting you or people that, you know, are making predictions aren't respecting you and go and, and take it. And so that's the great thing about sports. Once you get, once that ball kicks off, man, nobody cares. And, um, 
you know, I like Nebraska's chances. I like the way they're they're going. Obviously, I think you know some things need to you know get a little bit better, but they're all you know self-correctable. I think the um, learning lessons are very very clear for these guys, and they're willing in ex- in accepting to that, and um, that's a good thing. And you can do it after a win, and you have extra day to prep. So I, I think it's it's pointing in the right direction for Nebraska, and I'm excited, you know, to see uh, you know what happens out there on Saturday night. Do you think that this would be Mickey Joseph's first statement game, or, or do you think just kind of the game against Rutgers, the way that it happened, the one score you at, you finally come out on top was a statement? Because the way that I look at it is that great wins, use it moving forward, but beating Purdue on the road, who many are considering Purdue to be one of the favorites in the Big Ten West, I think that's the game you look at and it's okay – Mickey Joseph has arrived. This is legitimate. This is serious. And let's rock and roll. Yeah, I mean, you know, statement games are, you know, every game is a statement. You know, I mean, I think uh, you start the evaluation, you know, against Indiana and then so forth and so on. So I think it's, uh, you know, every game is a statement. And, um, you know, yeah, it's a big game. And it'd be great, you know, and it'd be three in a row. And it's something that hasn't been done for quite some time. Um. But the most important game is the next one up, and that's the, what gets Purdue. And so I don't think that anybody needs to, you know, of course it's, it'd be great. It would be a statement in a, you know, you'd be something that you can go back and really point to. Uh, but ultimately, you know, you're coaching to win the games and you want the players, to, you know, to play to win. And so um, it's a big game. It's a, I mean, there's no doubt about it. There's no no need to kind of dummy it down and, and, and so forth and so on. But it's a winnable game. So, you don't, you know, you're not you're not going to West Lafayette, you know, thinking like, man, we got to play our best to, you know, keep it close. We're thinking we got to play, you know, as good as we need to be to win the game. And we got to do whatever it takes it under any uh, means necessary to win this game. And so um, the mindset is most important. And, you know, everybody that wants to kind of, you know, arm wrestle over what game is most important and try to dummy down the, the, the first two wins and put everything in, in your, your evaluation process into this game. You know, that's a personal problem. You know, there's there's eight games that you need to evaluate, you know, making the coaching staff on and uh, do your due diligence and do so, you know. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to everything. I'm looking forward to see the improvement from Rutgers game to this game. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to see uh, if we can set the tempo from the get-go um, from a physicality standpoint, uh, both offense and defense. And that will tell me a lot. Yeah, I, I think this game will tell a lot. Jay, we got to take a quick break. I know that you have some uh, changing up to do. You're going to end up calling in, so we'll go ahead and, and do that now. Take a quick break. Again, you're listening to Old School 93.7 The Ticket. My name's Nate Brennan. He is the Husker Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman. Lots more to talk about as we start the preparation for Purdue. We'll be right back right here, Old School.